You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Ephesians 4, please stand with me out of respect for God's Word as we read it. And uh, go ahead and stretch those legs and ask the Lord to to speak to us and challenge our hearts. And uh, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 4, verse number 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. This this morning as I was uh, kind of working between uh, things with Pastor, the Lord kind of put this on my heart about forgiveness, and it's something that we all need to, to work on um, because we are, are very proud human beings sometimes. We don't like to give forgiveness. We don't like to ask forgiveness, and uh, I believe that this is something that I can work on. And uh, As I preach, I hope that you would be helped because this, this message is for me, and I pray that you would uh, be encouraged as we study about forgiveness. Let's pray uh, one more time, and let's ask God to bless us. Lord, um, I truly ask that you would bless your word tonight. And uh, it's not me speaking, it's, uh, it's your word. And I pray that we would listen to this truth and we would allow it to penetrate our hearts. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would open up our understanding to uh, what your word speaks about forgiveness. May we learn how to better apply it in our everyday life. And may we learn, Lord, how to give it just as well as to receive it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can have a seat. Uh, please go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to look at a parable that the Lord gave. Um, but Ephesians 4.32 says, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I don't know about you, but if you've noticed in the world, there's been a, a shortage of kindness, it seems like. Uh, people are a bit more rude. They're a bit more uh, greedy and selfish. They're looking for anything that they can get. Um, they're looking to keep all of the all of the all of the toilet paper for themselves. They're not looking to give it away. They're looking to get all the water for themselves, all the canned goods. There's a, just a lack of kindness, and there's also a lack of tenderheartedness, a heart that's soft and willing to work with somebody and understand their 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 feelings. The word that I would like to use to, to kind of. Uh, Simulate to uh, tender-hearted would be empathize. We don't empathize with people very well. Empathy means to feel what that person is feeling. We can sympathize. We can see and feel sorry for that person with that person. But empathy is another level where we feel with that person. We feel their pain, and that is what tender-hearted is to be uh, kind, to be tender-hearted. But also, we see that there's a lack of forgiveness in our world. People are very greedy, and they don't want to give forgiveness. They won't. They don't want to ask forgiveness. And people think that they don't. They shouldn't give forgiveness if they've been wrong. They're not going to give forgiveness. They're going to let. They're going to get even with you, and they're going to seek revenge. But we know that the Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We're not supposed to be a, a offensive. We're not supposed to attack. We're supposed to receive the forgiveness. We're supposed to receive the apology. But you're in Matthew chapter 18 now, verse number 23 is where we're going to start. Matthew 18 and verse number 23. We're going to look at a story, uh, a parable that the Lord gave to the disciples about the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king? which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money. Um, let's just say for our sake of time, I, I don't have the actual conversion rates for to modern currency, but let's say a million dollars, okay? This man owed a million dollars to this king, 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, he had no money to pay this man. 
His Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So basically he had to sell himself into slavery with his family. All of his belongings were sold to kind of make up for this debt. But he, 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 was, he was coming before the, the master in verse number 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So we see here in verse number 27, the Lord was exhibiting uh, that, that tenderheartedness, that empathy, that compassion towards this man. He had that kindness and he had that tenderheartedness and he did what verse number 32 of Ephesians 4 says, he forgave him the debt. Look at verse 28. But the same servant, the one who owed the $1 million or 10,000 talents, went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. One dollar, hundred pennies, you can do the math. It's, it's a very small amount compared to 10,000 shekels. This man goes to him, and what does he do? Look at verse number 28. He went out, found this fellow servant, hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. He gets this guy up against the wall. He puts his hand around his neck and says, I need my money. Where's my money? And this fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, the exact same thing. Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. That's something that I never understood about debtor's prison. You go to, you, I, maybe I just didn't understand the way that it worked, but you go to jail to pay a debt where you can't work a job to pay off your debt. Maybe it's just me not understanding the system, but it didn't make any sense. So he threw him in jail to pay the debt. And verse number 31, so when his fellow servants saw that was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. When his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also, uh, do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. We see a very somber story and a very uh, poignant and uh, a very powerful parable that the Lord gave to his disciples about the kingdom of heaven, about forgiveness. But we see here a little bit more about this, that forgiveness, number one, is not an erasure of consequences. Forgiveness is not an erasure of consequences, okay? If you commit a crime, if, if you commit murder, the consequences of that, according to the Bible, would be capital punishment. You yourself should be put to death. Now, our system has been uh, warped and changed, and you can get a life sentence in jail where you get health insurance, you get medical insurance, uh, you get dental, you get uh, three meals, and, uh, and, and you get a bed to sleep in. You get um, a lot of the prisons now are really, really nice. You get everything that you need. People don't fear crime. The crime is now rampant, and crime is now um, promoted, and it's uh, it's it's really it's really gotten really bad. But we see here that forgiveness is not an erasure of his consequences. So if somebody commits murder, their consequences should be death. Now the family that that wrong was done to, we've seen it in the news. We've seen heard stories of them forgiving that person. Uh, I forgive you, even though you you killed my sister, even though you killed my my mother and father. I forgive you. I I I I, I erase the debt that you. I feel you owed me. I feel that you wronged me, and therefore you know what. I forgive you. I'm not going to think about it anymore. Now that person in jail is still going to pay the consequences for their, their crime, but they don't have that debt of, uh, of, of sin against that person. So forgiveness is not an erasure of consequences. Um, sin must still be paid for. So if you sin against the Lord, 
be sure your sin will find you out. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Lord promises forgiveness to us if we sin, and that's just an erasure of debts. You know, he has promised to forgive us of our sin, which is the greatest sin of all, which is our separation from the Lord. But God has forgiven us of that through his son, Jesus Christ. Now we still make mistakes and we still have consequences for those sins, but our sin debt has been erased. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin, uh, forgiveness is not an erasure of consequences, but rather forgiveness is an elimination of debts. Look at the, uh, the passage that we were in, in verse number 25. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment uh, to be made. This servant was in debt. He had a lot of money owed to this Lord and this king. Um, but the servant, when he fell on his feet and asked the Lord for patience and asked him uh, just for some time so that he could pay them all, verse number 27 says at the very end, and forgave him the debt. Uh, this servant no longer had to uh, pay what he owed. Now, the consequences of his actions probably were, were shame and embarrassment, um, probably with his family. His family probably would never, he would never be able to take out a loan again with this king. He hurt his credit, so to speak. There are consequences for our actions, but the debt was forgiven. Is that making sense to everybody? When we sin, there are consequences, but when we are forgiven, that doesn't mean those consequences go away. We still have consequences for our actions, okay? Now, forgiveness is an elimination of debts. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad that the debt of your sin has been erased? You no longer have to pay that. The, the, the consequences of sin have been, have been already placed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't think that you're going to receive consequences for your sin or that, oh, Brother Ryan, you just contradicted yourself. There's no more consequences for sin. The Lord took all of the consequences for our sin on the cross. He paid for them in full. He is now offering forgiveness to you as the, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who holds the keys to heaven. He is the one who is able to give us forgiveness. And he is the one who is able to erase our sin debt. Aren't you glad that you have been bought with a price? The church is the Lord's. It has been bought with a price. Therefore, we ought to glorify God in our bodies because our bodies are not ours. They are his. We need to forgive each other just like the Lord forgave us. And we also need to understand that forgiveness is an elimination of debts. To give forgiveness is important. Forgiveness is, is a two-way street. You can either give forgiveness, I forgive you, or you can ask for forgiveness, you know, will you please forgive me? We're going to look at two ways now um, in the spirit of, of forgiveness. So there's a, a proper way to seek forgiveness, if that makes any sense. Um, you can't just commit something wrong. If I were to stomp all over Jenny's shoes and make them all dirty and say, hey, bro, sorry about that, I, I'm, my bad, um, but he didn't see a genuine spirit in me, it wouldn't, I mean, how can my apology be sincere if I'm just in a hurry or if I'm not having the proper spirit of forgiveness? So there's a proper spirit in seeking forgiveness. Let's look at verse number 25 again. We'll go back to this original servant who probably had the right spirit in the beginning. Um, verse number 25, uh, 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. So we see here that the servant went straight to the, to the, to the master, to the Lord, and he began to seek forgiveness and seek a way um, to have more time to pay off this debt. When we commit a wrong against somebody, we can't go to a third party. The only way to make it right is to go directly to that person and ask for forgiveness. And not just to do it in, in a fast, in a, in a hasty spirit, 
but to do it with a broken and a contrite heart. The Bible says that the sacrifices of the Lord are a broken and a contrite heart. He will not despise those. When we seek forgiveness from somebody that we've wronged, we must truly understand what the Bible is saying about be kind one to another, tender-hearted. Um, we understand that we've hurt somebody. Um, it's very easy to hurt with our words. Words are, are very sharp. Our tongue can be likened to a two-edged sword. It pierces. It, it can cut down. It can hurt. It can burn. It's a fire. It's a world of iniquity. When we use our tongue to cut people down and hurt people, it's very easy for us not to feel that um, because we think we're just joking. And we can always sugarcoat something like say, oh, man, I was just kidding. And, and then, you know, oh, man, uh, shake it off. It, it, I wasn't serious. But so often our words have more power than we realize. They have more, more depth and more penetration than we would like to admit. And it's important that when we are, when we notice that our words have hurt somebody, maybe we don't even notice it, but the Lord puts it in our heart that, hey, you know, Brother Ryan, the way that you spoke to, to Samuel was kind of, it wasn't kind of, it was rude. Uh, you talked down to him, you offended him. And Samuel may never come to me and say, hey, Brother Ryan, you kind of, you kind of hurt my feelings. The Holy Spirit puts that in your heart. It's our responsibility then to go to that person and say, hey, um, the, the Holy Spirit kind of put, told me that what I did to you was wrong. And uh, I apologize. It, 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 won't, it won't happen again. I was, there's no excuse for it. Um, I was wrong. I would, please tell me how I can make it right. And please forgive me. We got to have the right spirit when we seek forgiveness. There, there's no room for pride when you seek forgiveness. Um, you can't say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, I, I backed into your car, but, you know, you were backing up too. And, you know, it's kind of your fault too. Um, forgiveness is completely, ex when you seek forgiveness, you are saying, I'm, I'm in the wrong. You're not trying to put the blame on somebody else. You're not trying to excuse yourself. You're saying, I'm the one who owes the 10,000 talents. I'm the one who needs more time. I'm the one who needs forgiveness. Please forgive me. So we need to make sure that we come with a broken and a contrite spirit. But not only that, we need to make sure that we come with the proper tongue. Uh, we can't just come uh, with, 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 with harsh words. The Bible says, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. If we've sinned and we've committed a, a wrong against somebody, we have to come with a broken spirit and a contrite spirit, but we also have to come with the proper uh, words and the proper tongue. Uh, our words, like I said, are very, very, very volatile. They are a world of iniquity. They can hurt, but they can also ruin our apology if we allow our tongue to get away from us and if we allow our heart and our flesh to control our mouth. We must control our tongue. The spirit of seeking forgiveness requires a humble heart. Think back to the time when you were um, underneath the preaching of God's word before you were saved. And it was the night that you asked the Lord to come into your heart. Did you come to the Lord in a proud and a boisterous attitude saying, hey, Lord, you know, I want to thank you for the cross and, you know, hallelujah, I'm, I'm going to accept your free gift. Praise the Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven now. Woohoo. I don't know if that was you, but that wasn't me. When I heard the gospel and I'd heard it my entire life, but when I actually understood it, I uh, went to my knees and I was in, with my youth pastor and I couldn't stop but help but crying. I felt so filthy and so dirty and so broken that I needed forgiveness. I realized that I was a sinner in need of forgiveness and that I needed the Lord to reach down and pick me up. When we seek forgiveness, there has to be a broken and a sincere and a, and a genuine heart behind it. Otherwise, we're just saying a bunch of words that have, have no meaning. So when we seek forgiveness, those are two things. Make sure we come with a proper tongue and a proper heart. But there's also a proper spirit in giving forgiveness. Um, how many of you have ever been wronged by somebody in your life? Somebody's hurt your feelings. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody's attacked you. How many of you have ever had that person not ask forgiveness? I mean, it's happened to me. 
people have hurt me and people have gone on about their business and not ever asked for forgiveness. What do you do about that? Do you hold on to it for the rest of your life and get bitter at them and, and hold a grudge against that person? Every time you see them, you, you turn away or you, you look for any way that you can make their life miserable? Or do you do what, what Christ would have you to do and forgive that person for their trespasses? Look at the, uh, the second half of, of the parable that the Lord was speaking. Verse number 29. Now the, uh, the two servants are, are in the middle of this. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet beside him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. This servant owed 100 pence. That's nothing compared to 10,000 talents. Yet this servant A was the one who owed 10,000. Servant B is the one who owed 100. Servant A comes to him, takes him by the throat, lays hands on him and tells him and demands him to pay his debt. But servant B says, I can't. Please have patience with me. I'll pay everything to you. Just give me a little bit more time. Servant A would have no, no part in that. So he threw him in prison. We see here that the spirit of this servant was not proper. The spirit of giving the forgiveness was not proper. Those, those people who have wronged us, they need forgiveness. Let's just be honest, okay? If somebody's wronged you, you need to give them forgiveness. Now, it's not always easy. It's easier said than done. Um, if, you were, if you were attacked as a child, if you were abused, it's not very easy to give forgiveness to your father or your mother um, because you've been scarred. You have those mental barriers, and it's not easy. I, I recognize that, and it's easier said than done. Oh, just, just forgive them. Just say, you know what? Just don't think about it. Just, just say it's water under the bridge. It's harder than that. It's a spiritual battle. Forgiveness is a spiritual battle, believe it or not. So often we think it's easy just to, to apologize to somebody. But a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. Uh, it's not easy to mend something that's been broken. Um, there's, a, there's a process for fixing things that have been broken. And I could probably tell you, walk you through it. Um, if I were to put a hole through that drywall, I probably could tell you every single process how to fix it, thanks to Pastor teaching me properly. But I don't want to go through the work to fix it. It's a lot of work to fix drywall. You gotta put the, you gotta cut it out right. You gotta make sure you get the right thickness. You gotta screw it in properly. Brother Michael knows if you screw it in past the paper, you gotta redo that, right? And then you gotta, you gotta tape it off, and then you gotta mud it, then you gotta sand it, then you gotta mud it again, then you gotta sand it again, then you gotta texture it. After you texture it, you gotta scrape all the boogers off the wall. The boogers are the little clumps of the, the texture. You gotta scrape those off. Once that's scraped, you gotta prime the wall. After you prime the wall, then you gotta paint the wall. After you paint the wall. And you got to make sure you didn't get any paint on the carpet. It's a very long and tedious process to fix a hole. And so often in our anger, we like to make holes in, in people's lives. And it's very hard to fix that and to mend that. And so please think about what you're doing with your actions, with your words. And a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. Don't, don't tear down our brothers and sisters in Christ. But if somebody has hurt you, give them forgiveness. Don't allow their wrong to continue to hurt you. If you, if you allow this person who has hurt you or offended you to continue to offend you every single day and every single time you see them, they're in control of your life instead of the Lord. Give the forgiveness. You don't have to go to them and say, hey, you know, Jennings, a couple weeks ago when you, you talked to me like that, you know, it's okay. I forgive you. You don't have to see. No, it's okay. You don't have to apologize. I got it. You're forgiven. That's not the right spirit. The spirit would be to have it in your own heart and say, you know what, Lord, I feel offended. I feel like I was in the right. Jennings offended me. Lord, please forgive me for, for allowing my pride and my flesh to get in the way and help me, Lord, to release it. I don't want to hold on to this anymore. If I hold on to it, Lord, my bitterness is going to affect me. And God, I give it to you. I forgive you. I, I ask you to please forgive me. And Lord, please help him to understand that I forgive him as well. That'd be the right way to go. 
instead of casting our burdens and our and our, our fears and our and our pain on somebody else, like it says in the Bible, not to give vengeance to somebody else, why don't we cast our care upon the Lord? Whenever we're in pain and whenever we're hurting, why don't we just go to God and say, God, you know what? I'm I've been really I've been really bothered by this. The Lord's listening. The Lord hears our hearts. The Lord knows our thoughts. I might as well just say it to him and say, God, you know what? I'm sorry, but I've been thinking this way. Please forgive me. Help me, Lord, to get rid of this and to release this. Don't allow other people's hurts to make us bitter. We must forgive when people don't want to seek forgiveness. We must give forgiveness with the spirit of meekness. Um, the meekest man in the Bible was Moses, and uh, rightfully so, because he was he walked with the Lord. He saw the he was with the Lord on the mountain. He lived for 120 years. The, the word definition of meekness is power under restraint. He had a lot of power and authority with the Lord. Um, very often the Lord wanted to kill the entire nation of Israel. Yet Moses, through his love and meekness and compassion on these people, said, no, Lord, please don't kill them. And the Lord you know, sighed a relief and you know, agreed with Moses. And uh, praise the Lord for Moses sticking up and, and, and petitioning the Lord for that. He was a very meek man. When we need to give forgiveness, we need to do it with meekness. We understand that, you know what, we're in the right, but we're not going to be proud about it. We're not going to we're not going to go to that person to make them feel like trash. We're going to forgive and we're going to move on. We're not going to let it control us. Surrender to the Lord and cast all your care upon him. Forgiveness is something that's very, very hard. It's a spiritual battle. But you know what? God commands us to be people who forgive. Look at verse number 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. I believe that if we do not forgive, um, our brothers, when they do wrong, we are in danger of the Lord uh, being our enemy. It's sin not to forgive. Um, we open up ourselves to attack. We open up ourselves to un unwanted and unneeded stress. It's important that we forgive. We don't allow other people's offenses to, to linger in our life. If somebody is seeking forgiveness, we don't refuse it. We give it to them. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know what? I was thinking about it today. The Lord put it on my heart. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Um, we need to give that forgiveness. We can't say no and and let and hold it over their head. I was trying to find the passage. I couldn't remember it this 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 afternoon where the Bible talks about not giving forgiveness to somebody and, and there's there's consequences for that. We must be willing to give forgiveness to those who seek it. We must be willing to give forgiveness with a proper attitude. We must seek forgiveness with a proper spirit, a spirit of meekness, a spirit of of a broken and a contrite heart. These two servants, very, very similar with their debts. One had 10,000, one had 100. It's not the size of the, the, the sin. Everybody's in debt to the Lord. But are we living our life like we're forgiven? That's another thing to think about too. We've been forgiven from our sins. We've been given liberty from our sins. We're no longer in bondage to them. Why do we keep going back to them? Why do we keep allowing our sin to control us? God has forgiven us from our sins. It's been, we're, we, we've been crucified. Our flesh has been crucified. So why, don't we, why do we try to resurrect our flesh every single day? It's, it's dead. Let's let it stay forgiven. Don't, ask, don't, don't bring something back and then seek more forgiveness from the Lord. Once you've asked the Lord to forgive you for something, put it behind you. The Lord promises to remember our sins no more when we ask Him to forgive us. That's powerful. Um, he, he doesn't forget them. He, doesn't choose to, he, he chooses not to remember them. God's all-knowing. He can't forget anything. God knows when we get to heaven, we're going to give an account for, our, for how we lived our life, okay? But don't believe that the Lord says, when people say that God forgets our sin. He separates our sin as far as from the east or from the west, and he chooses to remember our sin no more. He's choosing not to think about it. He's choosing not to bring it up again. 
he doesn't forget because one day, like I said, in first Corinthians chapter three, we're going to stand before the judgment and every man's works are going to be tried by fire to see what sort they are. Some will be of gold, uh, silver and precious stones. Others will be of wood, hay and stubble. We're going to remember, we're going to be, we're going to be shown what we did and why we did it. And those motivations that we have are going to be tried. So tonight, think about forgiveness. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Is there anybody in your life that has offended you, that has hurt you? Uh, there was a friend of mine in college who, um, he was he graduated from high school and he, he went to Bible college. He was going to go into the ministry. And as he was there during one of the chapel messages, the Lord really smote his heart and told him that he needed to forgive his dad. Um, his dad had been abusive. His dad had run off and got involved in drugs and basically put this man in the shoes of man of the house. He had to get a job. He, he couldn't play sports. He couldn't have, you know, a life of a teenager. He had to step up to the plate and be an adult at whatever age he was, 15 or 16. And, you know, he got bitter at his dad about that. But during that chapel message, the Lord put in his heart to forgive his dad. And he prayed about it. He got some counsel from some of the, the teachers there. And he called his dad and said, hey, dad, um, you know, it's been a long time. And I just want you to know that I love you and that I forgive you. And that um, I'm not going to think about what you did to us anymore. It's, it's, it's forgiven. I love you. I want to start fresh. I want to have a new relationship with you. And I want to move forward with you. And he gave that testimony in one of our men's devotions. Um, on, I'll be doing them every Friday night. And it was encouraging. He started breaking down and saying that his dad accepted it and said he, his dad started apologizing. His dad started, you know, looking for ways to make it right. And that relationship was mended properly because I believe that the proper spirit of seeking forgiveness was there and giving forgiveness. And it's so important that we have that. When you seek forgiveness, there are some simple questions that we need to ask. And we'll close with this. Um, please forgive me. Um, well, I'm trying to think of how they go. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. What can I do to make it right? Those were the four questions. Not questions, statements. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, man, I just forgot them again. Kings, what did I just say? <laughs> Somebody help me. I'm sorry. Oh, I was wrong. That's right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. What can I do to make it right? Three statements, one question. Something we need to do every single time we apologize. And it's important that we do that more often than we think. And we can't skip those. If we do, it's very easy for that apology just to go in one ear of somebody's ear and out the other. So please, work on. let's all work on forgiveness this, this week. Not just... <laughs> Not just seeking forgiveness, because, you know, I, I seek forgiveness a lot. I make a lot of mistakes, and so I know that I need a lot of forgiveness, but also giving forgiveness. Let's ask the Lord to, to renew our understanding of, of giving it and to bring to mind, Lord, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Is there anybody in my life that has been, has been causing a bitterness in my heart? And let's ask God to forgive us of those things. Let's ask God to help us, and let's ask God to strengthen us this week. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.